Welcome to Beltway Talk, the podcast of the American International Automobile Dealers Association, where we examine the intersection between politics and the automobile retail industry. I'm your host, Hannah Oliver. Today's podcast is sponsored by Kerrigan Advisors, the leading sell-side advisor for high-value dealerships. Kerrigan Advisors believes dealerships are too valuable to be sold any other way. Find out more at AIADA.org. Today on Beltway Talk, Jennifer Thomas, who is the Vice President of Government and Industry Relations at Honda North America, is joining us. Jennifer has a lot of experience advocating for the auto industry in D.C., and she's here to share more about what she does in her role with Honda, what she enjoys about her job, and some of the challenges our industry faces as we move into 2020. Welcome to Beltway Talk, Jennifer. Thank you. Thank you, Hannah. Um, It is great to have you with us. Can you first introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us about who you are and what you do for Honda here in D.C.? Sure. Uh, First, let me just say thank you for having me. I'm I'm thrilled to to be with you today. Uh, This is my first podcast interview, so uh, I'm very excited. I can now put that on my list. So as you noted, I'm the Vice President of Government and Industry Relations for Honda. Mm -hmm. And uh, that essentially means that I am uh, the head of Honda's DC office. And so um, head of government affairs, and uh, we serve as the eyes and ears of uh, for for Honda in Washington. So uh, really, we're we're the conduit between Honda and and the government. Cool. Um, We do hear or Libby tells me. Um, we do hear that you might have some firsthand knowledge of the D.C. dining scene. Um, could you share some of your favorite restaurants? Yeah, town? so I assume you're asking that because you <laughs> learned that my husband is a chef uh, and, and has a restaurant in Annapolis. Um, oh. So that means that we eat out quite often in D.C. Uh, most most people, whenever they hear that I'm married to a chef, they get very uh, excited and say, like, oh, my God, you must be so lucky. Um, he must cook for you like these amazing meals at home, but it's actually quite the opposite. Um, hmm. The last thing he wants to do is cook when he's at home. So we dine out quite That's often. Unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, and, and really he likes to see what other restaurateurs are doing. Um, so our favorite restaurants change quite a bit. Um, and right now we are really liking Seven Reasons, which is mm. um, a Latin restaurant on 14th Street. Okay. And uh, it's it's really good. Um, I think it was recently named Top Restaurant in the, in the Washington Post. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's just full of flavors. Um, it's fun atmosphere, and the chef just really knocks it out of the park. So um, we've been going there quite a bit, although it's getting harder and harder to get into. Yeah, that's kind of what happens after people find out about them. Yeah. <laughs> Which is good. Well, cool. Um, I know that you have a lot of experience working in the auto industry, but could you just tell our listeners about some of the other roles you've held and what led to your current position at Honda? I have been in the industry for nearly 20 years now, uh, which is hard for me to believe. But I started um, my career out of college working for uh, actually dealers at NADA. And uh, that's where I really learned the, the powerful impact that dealers have in our nation's capital. Um, so I, I worked there for five years and really got, um, fell in love with the industry and government affairs. I uh, moved over to the manufacturing side uh, after five years. I started lobbying at the state level for a, another trade association here in Washington called the Alliance of Automobile Manufacturers. Mm-hmm. 
And um, so I lobbied at the state level. I really learned how to lobby in that role because um, that's where all the action takes place in state legislatures. Then I started lobbying um, at the federal level uh, at the Alliance um, and uh, really became kind of their chief lobbyist uh, and interfaced with Congress or the industry. Um, But ultimately my goal was to uh, run the DC office for an automaker and so I was I was very mm-hmm. fortunate when um, when the opportunity came to mm-hmm. represent Honda yeah um, what has kept you working in Washington all these years what's making you <laughs> stick around and that is a great question <laughs> yeah well I'm curious to know. especially right now yeah right? <laughs> exactly yeah. It, it you know that's uh, it, it can be very hard to um, stay in love with with politics in Washington, especially especially these days. Um, it's easy, easy to get burnout, but I think it's, uh, you know, what keeps me happy and coming to work every day is is representing a company and uh, that um, I feel strongly about and um, mm-hmm. working on issues that are very relevant to um, to everyday life. And and so it's uh it's it's really cool to be in the center of action here um, where policies are are made and um, being able to influence that process is is very exciting yeah definitely that's the nice thing about being in washington dc kind of being at the center of things Mm -hmm. um what are some of the highlights in recent years of your work with the auto industry and advocating on its behalf here so I was um, very heavily involved in uh, enacting a piece of environmental legislation uh, that reformed a statute that's referred to as TOSCA, mm-hmm. um, and it regulates chemicals and products and impacts um, the auto industry as well. And just seeing that, um, being involved in, from the very beginning, uh, seeing the legislation inter- introduced and shaping that that process that that um, played out over several years and seeing it actually get enacted and, and it was the first time in 20 years that a major environmental statute had been reformed mm-hmm. um, so so being quite heavily involved in that process and seeing it become law and going to I actually got to go to the bill signing ceremony at the White House and that was that was really cool um, kind of a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity and uh, so you know that was kind of um, uh, definitely a highlight, but but really, I, I, you know, I'd stress that the people in this industry are a highlight. Mm-hmm. Um, they've the industry here in Washington is well represented, and all of my counterparts within um, my competitors are, uh, you know, that we we certainly have our differences and we compete on many levels, but but they're dear friends and mentors mm-hmm. um, who have really. Um, shaped my career and uh so so the folks in this industry in washington have in many ways become like family Mm -hmm. which is cool well that leads really well into my next question which is um your current role at honda i know you transitioned into it earlier this year um how is that going and what are you enjoying the most about working with honda it's it's been great it's been overwhelming as you can imagine um i think i'm in month six so it's it's (laughs) been like drinking out of a fire hose but it's such a, a great company, and um, and really, what's impressed me the most are, are like I said, the people. Um, we had a, a there was a Honda advertising campaign many uh, a couple decades ago, um, and it was like, you meet the nicest people on a Honda, and mm-hmm. and really, 
um, you meet the nicest people at Honda. And I've been blown away by just the warmth and how everybody has been so welcoming and helpful to me in this transition. It's, it's uh, just reaffirms that, you know, I'm working for a great company. Yeah, well, um, it's a good time to be working in the auto industry here in Washington. What are the biggest challenges that you're seeing um, or that our industry is seeing here in Washington right now? Yeah, the industry is certainly under um, under the microscope, and uh, we're we're dealing with a lot of challenges. Um, I, I'd say the the biggest one is just this transformation that the industry is going through, and it's a once in a lifetime transformation. Um, just you know, in terms of automation and electrification, and um, just the kind of the unknown challenges that come with those uh, emerging technologies. And uh, of course, you know the the trade threat is still very much um, alive and real, and yeah. um, that's injected a lot of uncertainty into the industry. And it's certainly made um, you know decision planning and and uh, just the ability to make investments has has been very um, challenging just mm -hmm. with with all that uncertainty. Um, is there any specific ways that the challenges the auto industry faces today has changed from the kind of challenges you were seeing when you first got started in your career early on? Well, it's definitely, as I mentioned, the the disruption that the industry is going through um, uh, with with the emerging technologies um, like automation, and we're seeing a lot of new entrants in mm -hmm. the in the space. Uh, so not your traditional OEMs are are, are competitors, so yeah. like Uber and other mobility companies. And so that presents new challenges that uh, we haven't really um, confronted in, in the past. So that's, um, that's certainly unique. And, uh, you know, if we can get past this, this uh, disruption, I, it, it's very exciting to think about what lies ahead. Yeah. Um, well, I think you mentioned trade and tariffs as one of the hot button issues in Washington this year. Um, how has Honda addressed these issues? Um, and how are you involving dealers in your advocacy efforts? So we have really uh, focused on emphasizing our value to America. Mm -hmm. um, we have a very powerful story to tell. We Honda is the, um, the we've, we have the longest uh, sustained manufacturing presence mm -hmm. in the U.S. than any other international automaker. And, um, you know, we're celebrating... 40 years of manufacturing in the U.S. And that's mm -hmm. very powerful. And we employ 15, over 15,000 associates. Uh, so we are very ingrained in the fabric of America. And um, it's, a, it's a story that, that we're certainly sharing on, on Capitol Hill and to the administration um, because a lot of people aren't, aren't really aware of it and yeah. just see us as a Japanese automaker, yeah. um, but, but, which we are. But nonetheless, we have very deep roots in in this country and um, you know we want to see that investment grow and tariffs unfortunately uh, threaten that investment and um, and could undermine just all the investment that we've made in the past so we've been really underscoring not only our presence in the US but also the the negative impact that tariffs mm -hmm. will have on companies like Honda the industry and the economy as a whole and certainly dealers have been integral partners in sharing that to policymakers. And they get firsthand um, the impact that tariffs will have on vehicle prices, 
and vehicle sales. Mm-hmm. So um, they've they've been critical to, to making that point to policymakers, and and it's working. Um, yeah. You know, we've we've held off uh, tariffs, um, auto tariffs thus far, and so you know I think the more people hear about these the impact and and the mm-hmm. investment that the industry makes in in this country. Uh, the more they realize that tariffs are not a good idea. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I think we are nearing the end of the year. Um, it's been an eventful year for the auto industry. But do you have any goals or plans for 2020 that you want to share with listeners? Of course. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I do. I I want to share that story, our value in America uh, more than ever in Washington. And so I want to I want to increase our visibility in in DC so that more people are aware of the the tremendous impact that Honda has um, in in the U.S. in local economies. We do a lot of great things in in the communities that we need to be sharing. So I, you know that's that's certainly a priority of mine. Um, we also are very active at the state level, and we are um, pursuing a proactive safety measure that we refer to as tie-in legislation. And um, that that will help uh, ensure that um, more people address uh, recalls, open recalls. And essentially what it, what it would do is it re- would require um, any uh, outstanding recalls be remedied before a vehicle is registered. And um, we think that will make tremendous strides in, in addressing the, the growing problem of uh, unremedied recalls, um, which are, you know, a safety risk, and um, <clears throat> we also we also think um, it makes sense. In many states, require uh, that you do do an emissions test mm-hmm. before you register your car. So, you know, if if you're taking that step, what's the harm in in ensuring that there's no outstanding yeah. recalls as well? So, we think that's a very important measure that we hope to to try to enact in, in various state legislatures, and, and we're hoping to um, partner up with our dealer friends as well to yeah. help make that happen. Well, cool. Um, I'm about to wrap up. That is about all the questions I have, but is there anything you want to add before we conclude? Just just one thing. I, I learned, um, I, I saw that it, your AIEDA is going to be celebrating a 50th anniversary yes, next we year, are. which congratulations. Uh, that is a, um, a tremendous... Uh, amazing accomplishment and um you know we we as i noted are are celebrating an anniversary this year where 40 years um, of manufacturing products in the u.s and and also 60 years of of selling products so um we are uh, we share anniversaries with you in many ways as well and i i just want to um underscore you know the importance of the partnership that we have with our dealers Mm -hmm. and um it's it's a it's a very instrumental partnership. We thank dealers for uh, for the roles that they play in their communities, and um, it's more important than ever for for dealers to get engaged in in the policymaking process and to ensure that they make their concerns um, known to elected officials. So uh, appreciate the opportunity to uh, work together on many efforts, and look forward to to doing so more in the future. Well, um, 
thank you so much for taking the time to join us on Beltway Talk today. Jennifer, it's been great having you. And um, I hope we can have you back one of these days soon. That'd be great. Thanks again to Jennifer Thomas for joining this Beltway Talk podcast. To you listeners, make sure to drop us a line and let us know of any topics or guests you might like to hear from on future episodes. I can be reached at oliverh at aiada.org. We're also gearing up for our 50th annual meeting and luncheon on February 17th in Las Vegas, featuring Honda's Hedio Arcangeli as keynote speaker. You can register today at aiada.org slash events or by calling 1-800-GO-AIADA. Join us again next time for Beltway Talk.